Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. Thank you for joining me. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. Today we are going to be in our Treasures of the Nativity again, as we are attempting to wrap this up in the next few lessons. It may take a few. It, it may be that we can only do one or two more, but I am working on these as best I can. And so today we're going to look at Lesson 5, The Authentic King. As we dig into these treasures of the Nativity, looking at the king who was born in Bethlehem, in this lesson today, we will examine how Jesus, who came as king born in Bethlehem, is the authentic king, the one promised of old, the Messiah king, the Messiah prince of Daniel, the priest king of Zechariah, chapter 6, and David's king foretold in Psalm 2 and in Psalm 110. As we begin, I want to just make a quick comment. To find the authentic king, the authentic Jesus, you may hear some people talk about that today, that they are claiming that they are trying to bring to you the authentic Jesus. Let me tell you, my friend, if you are interested in the authentic Jesus, then get into the Bible, the scriptures the Holy Scriptures. The one in the Bible is the authentic one. People may try to bring you another one that they think is more culturally accepted or one that's easier for you to understand or whatever. But Paul strictly warns us all, do not accept any other gospel. Do not accept any other Jesus any other Jesus is a false Jesus other than the one in the Bible. And you need to stick to what is recorded in the Bible and not add to that all kinds of other things because the Bible instructs us that we are not to add to or take away from the Word of God. The authentic Jesus is the one in the Bible. Don't fall for new philosophies about the Jesus of the Bible him not being the authentic one, and we have to help the Bible out to present him, and I say that in air quotes. No, watch out for those things, and don't fall for those tricks. Today, I hope that we can understand and see how the authentic king, Jesus the Messiah of old, is proven to be the authentic one. The same one promised in the Hebrew Scriptures, the same one anticipated by the Magi, the same one who was approaching, based upon all the Old Testament prophecies, many of which we discussed in Lesson 2, the same one who arrived, and the same one who has been acclaimed. So how do we know that this Jesus is the authentic one? Well, we're going to start by reading Matthew chapter 1. It might seem to us a bit boring, but we need to understand that nothing in Scripture is there by accident. It's very important that we understand that the genealogies that God puts in Scripture are there for a very important reason. I want us to read Matthew chapter 1. This is very important for you to hear and for you to understand in this lesson. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right off the bat, Matthew establishes for us that his gospel 
is all about Jesus Christ, who is the son of David, the son of Abraham, two of the most important people in Jewish history. Jesus is a Jew. He was born a Jew. Our Savior is a Jew. Don't let anyone else tell you he was of of any other nationality. He is a Jew. He was the son of David and the son of Abraham. Now Matthew proceeds to tell us how that is true, most likely from the genealogical record that he either was able to read and find himself, or he consulted with Mary, Jesus' mother, to find this out. This would be Joseph's genealogy. We'll see that in a moment. So continuing in the reading, Matthew chapter 1, verse 2, Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amenadab, Amenadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abiah, and Abiah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abiud, and Abiud begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor, Azor begot Zadok, Zadok begot Achim, and Achim begot Eliud, Eliud begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Nathan, and Nathan begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. So here we have the record of the genealogical history of Jesus through the line of Joseph, his adoptive earthly father. Joseph was not his blood father. We find that to be true, and we've discussed that already in this series, that the angel Gabriel came to Mary, and Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit of God, the word of the living God, through the Holy Spirit, and Joseph was not the father of Jesus in bloodline, in a true genealogical record. This proves, however, that Jesus is a Jew. He came as a Jew to fulfill all the prophecies of the Messiah. In that first verse, as we talked about, we see Jesus as the very son of David, the son of Abraham, and the son of God, not some other God, but the great I am from Exodus chapter 3 when he appeared in the burning bush to Moses and declared his name. I am who I am. Jesus is the one promised 
He is the true one that fits and matches all of Scripture, fulfilling every word. Now, I'm just going to continue to read the rest of chapter 1 of Matthew about the birth of Jesus. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, this Joseph that we just learned about that comes directly through Abraham and David's line, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So we find this genealogy being about Joseph, the earthly adoptive father of Jesus, the one who took Mary to himself and raised Jesus as if he were his own son, although he was not. Jesus is the son of the living God, and he is the authentic king. In the Gospels, we find two different genealogies of Jesus Christ. Both of them are necessary, and I want us to review that today and understand why. This one we just read, Matthew chapter 1, is Joseph's line from David through Solomon. It's very important that we understand that. This establishes his legal kingship, his legal heir to David's throne. He has that as his heritage. Now, between King David and the line, the son of David, the line of the Messiah that was promised to him through Solomon, his son, as we found in Second Samuel chapter 7 in God's covenant with David about the king that would come, who would have an eternal kingship through the line of Solomon meaning the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And here we see, according to Matthew 1, that this was Joseph's line. So Joseph was in that lineage of David through Solomon that could be classified an heir to David's throne. Someone, the Messiah, would come through that line who would be heir to David's throne. However, there's a problem that comes later on in Solomon's line. After Josiah comes a king named Jeconiah. And there was a curse put on Jeconiah and his line from him forward. Let's see that in Jeremiah chapter 22. I'm going to begin the reading in verse 24 of Jeremiah chapter 22. And we're going to read through verse 30. Notice this is the Lord speaking. Jeremiah 22, beginning in verse 24. As I live, says the Lord, though Coniah or Jeconiah, 
The son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet on my right hand. Yet I would pluck you off, and I will give you into the hand of those who seek your life, and into the hand of those whose face you fear, the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and the hand of the Chaldeans. So I will cast you out, and your mother who bore you, into another country, where you were not born, and there you shall die. But to the land to which they desire to return, there they shall not return. Is this man, Coniah, a despised, broken idol, a vessel in which is no pleasure? Why are they cast out, he and his descendants, and cast into a land which they do not know? O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. In other words, when you see this in the scripture, you know good and well, there it will come to pass. There is no question about it. It will never die. This is a living, true word, and you can bank on it, so to speak. Thus says the Lord, write this man down as childless, a man who shall not prosper in his days, for none of his descendants shall prosper sitting on the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. So in other words, no son beyond Jeconiah could be king on David's throne due to this curse. And this curse was due to his behavior. He had sinned against the Lord mightily, and so God said, no more. Jeconiah, from you forward, all of the line of David, no one of them will sit on the throne. But God, let's see how God brings his authentic king, arriving as the baby king in Bethlehem, and see how God makes this come to pass without violating this curse that was put on the bloodline genealogically from Solomon's line through Jeconiah. It is nothing shy of brilliant. It is a brilliant act of God to watch this. And this is where the importance of the second genealogy in the scripture comes into play. And that is found in Luke chapter 3, the second genealogy of the Messiah, Jesus. In Luke chapter 3, I'm going to begin the reading in verse 23 and read through 38. But notice this. Now, in Matthew's gospel, the genealogical record was forward. It was from like Abraham and then Abraham begot Isaac, etc., 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 forward. In Luke's gospel, it's kind of backwards. So you have to go a little bit backward to understand this. But let's start in Luke chapter 3, verse 23 through 38. And we're going to see a couple of important things here. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. The reason for that being in there is because he was not literally, this is not Joseph's biological line. This is not his genealogy. We're given that in Matthew chapter 1. But in Jewish tradition and Jewish legality in their works and in their traditions, Joseph would have been considered Jesus' father. We see that also later when the Pharisees and others challenge him. And they're saying, is this not the son of Joseph? So they would call him the son of Joseph. But this is not Joseph's line, and we'll see that clearly in a moment. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Now we go forward 
into the actual genealogical record of who's being talked about here. The son of Elah, the son of Mattath, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jana, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Elsi, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Simai, the son of Joseph, the son of Judah, the son of Joannes, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur, the son of Josie, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Mattath, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonan, the son of Eliakim, the son of Melai, the son of Menan, the son of Mattatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, the son of Nashon, the son of Amenadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Sirig, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxid, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahaliel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So in this genealogy, we see several things. First of all, this goes all the way back to Adam, the very first man, who was the man that God had created. This also carries us through Mary's line. This is proven in verse 31. This is key in understanding this, these genealogies and why there had to be two. If you, even though this is kind of read backwards, if you start forward from Adam and you come all the way down, you will find that between Matthew 1 and Luke 3, at least Matthew starts with Abraham, but you will see that from Adam through to Abraham, all the way through to David, these are the exact same lineage. It's the exact same genealogy. However, at David is where the change occurs. There's a genealogical record given in Matthew 1 that we read through David, through Solomon. However, who do you find here in Luke chapter 3 as the son of David that's talked about here? And the line is carried forward through him. Notice in verse 31, the son of David that's talked about here is the son of Nathan. So this is referencing David's son, Nathan, not Solomon. After David, Mary is the daughter of David by blood through Nathan, David's son. Nathan was another son of Bathsheba and David. Bathsheba and David had a few sons. Two of them were Solomon and Nathan. Why were these two genealogical records important? Well, Solomon's line would establish what the Jews considered to be the legal kingly line, legal heirship to the throne. 
his legal right to rule as the son of David because he would be considered the son of Joseph on the Solomon line. However, Mary was the connection that was needed to prove that he was literally the authentic, legitimate bloodline of David. Mary's genealogical record establishes his bloodline connection to David. He was truly David's son by blood. Now notice God's brilliance in how he reconciled all of these scriptures without violating anything concerning that curse that was on the line of Solomon through Jeconiah. Joseph was also a true son of David by blood through Solomon, but his lineage became cursed at the time of Jeconiah. He could not be an heir to the throne of David because of that sin of Jeconiah and the curse that God brought on Jeconiah's line. But Mary was a true daughter of David through Nathan, David's son by blood. So now we see the brilliance. Jesus was the blood son of Mary. In other words, Jesus was born of Mary and was the son of God, but was in the bloodline of Mary, which came through David, through Nathan, David's son. Jesus, however, was not the blood son of Joseph. Jesus was not connected by blood to Joseph. Remember, he fulfilled the seed of the woman prophecy from Genesis 3.15 and the Isaiah 7.14 prophecy about the virgin conceiving. Jesus had no connection to the blood that was cursed of Joseph. Joseph was merely the adoptive parent of Jesus who took him and raised him as if he were his own. Therefore, Jesus had no legitimate curse upon him. He is the legitimate heir to David's throne, not from Joseph through Solomon's line that was cursed, although he kept the legality of Solomon's line, which remained in effect. Yes, he came through Mary, and that was his legitimate bloodline to be claimed as a true son of David. Mary was his true mother, and he was born from her womb. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, as Matthew attested to us when the angel Gabriel talked to Joseph in chapter 1, and we read that. Jesus is the authentic king from of old. He met all conditions, as we have stressed many times thus far in all of these lessons. I just want to remind us of a few, which also prove his authenticity. God missed nothing, and nothing went wrong. Genesis 3.15 and Isaiah 7.14 and Isaiah chapter 9 and, and verse 6 and 7, even later. He was one of us. He became human. He humbled himself and took on the form of mankind, as it says in Philippians 2. He was born of flesh and blood. He was the son of Abraham, the seed of Abraham promised in Genesis chapter 12, chapter 15, chapter 17, chapter 18, and chapter 22. He was the substitute ram sacrificed in the place of us, as that ram was sacrificed in the place of Isaac. He was the promised, and he is the promised seed of Abraham, 
through Isaac and Jacob. Not only was he through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but even in Genesis 49, we find out that he was through one specific tribe of Jacob's descendants, and that tribe is Judah. Then we find out in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 through 16, that he is the promised king, son of David, heir to the throne of David forever, the one that God would establish as king forever through Solomon's kingly line, but through Mary's biological bloodline connection. He is the authentic son of David, able to rule and receive the kingdom that has been promised to him. He is the son of God and the son of man. We saw Psalm 2, verse 6 and 7 last time in the last lesson. In Proverbs 30, verse 4 and 5, we read about how he's talking in that context about God and his majesty God being the only one who could create all things and hold all the seas in his hand, etc., and all the wind in his garment. And he says, what is his name and what is his son's name? In Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, we see the Ancient of Days, God the Father, giving to his son, the son of man, the kingship, eternal kingship. We see how it was verified by God himself, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, and in Matthew 17, verse 5 through 7. And it was verified by Jesus when he spoke in John three sixteen about how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that whoever will believe on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus was also verified as authentic king by the apostles. I'd like to read one of those accounts now. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 through 13, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. And then let's look down to verse 20 of that same chapter, 1 John chapter 5. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So Paul, Peter, Jude, all the apostles attest this, and so does John the Apostle, as we read here in his first epistle, 1 John chapter 5. We also see that he is the authentic king, and he testifies that of himself, by the Lord himself, as he teaches the truth about himself. 
We've read these scriptures before. I'll just simply quote them again. John 5.39 is the reference for one where Jesus tells them, you search the scriptures daily and you think you have eternal life in them, but they are the ones who testify about me. And then in Luke 24, verse 25 through 27 and verse 44 through 45, where Jesus on the day of his resurrection teaches his disciples and the two on the road to Emmaus that he is in all of the Old Testament, that from Moses through the prophets and the Psalms all speak of him. So we have this attestation. And we saw how God's brilliance shines through even in the coming of the Lord in his first coming to begin with. Because remember, we talked about kind of the conundrum, if you will, where God had said that Jesus had to be a Nazarene, but he was going to be born in Bethlehem and called out of Egypt. How could all three of those things be true? And we saw how God's brilliance came to pass exactly correctly in all of those things. And so now we see that in Jesus being the authentic king. He met all the demands of the Old Testament perfectly. It was all done perfectly and in perfect timing and in God's perfect way. Only God could do this. Yeshua Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the authentic king who was arriving, did arrive. We are told of his arrival by the two witnesses plus even other groups of witnesses as we have seen in the previous lesson. Jesus is the authentic king, meeting all demands of the prophecies of old. Praise be to God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future messages and episodes from Covenant Truth Ministries that the Lord may allow us to bring to you. God bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen.